welcome to Faith in the North. I'm Claire. And my name's Martin. We live in the Northeast and want to wrestle with faith and life. And we wanted to share with you the chats that we have about life and faith. So this is our podcast. We hope you find it helpful. Thanks for joining us as we continue our journey. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Hello and welcome. So we sit in a new house. A new house, and it's been quite a long time since we've done a podcast. Yeah, it has. Um, I think because um, quite a lot has been going on, but we mm-hmm. sit in a nice, bright kitchen diner. Yeah, which is fantastic. I we've don't think we've had a kitchen diner since did, very did early on. Very early on, before we had Toby, um, and I loved it. I absolutely love the hubbub. I love being able to sit at my kitchen table while everything else has gone on, or the other side of it, I love to be able to cook while everybody else yeah. is sat at my kitchen table. Um, it's a real joy, isn't it? Okay. A blessing. It is a real blessing and um, fantastic to be not in a rental house, but somewhere that we can be hopefully indefinitely. Yeah. And finally, I have pictures on the walls. You do. And you seem to have um, held them in reserve and then just gone everywhere with a picture. Yeah, Like that's they're true. everywhere. They are everywhere. And um, yeah, so we're um, so that's been um, really positive. Moving, um, moving house. Um, however, you, we still live on a bit of a building site. It's interesting mm-hmm. living on a new build because you don't think about a the postman doesn't always know where you are until you register. So you've got to tell Royal Mail that your house exists. And Amazon delivery certainly has problems. Oh, random, to us. aren't they? Yeah. yeah, they are random. Some companies are better than others. And then I don't know when they tarmac the road. Feels like the whole. I don't think there's kind oh of a tarmac road. The road is is terrible, and I, yeah, I don't always necessarily um, adjust my speed to suit the the, um, the perils <laughs> of our road. Um, I don't always anticipate them, and there's a big kind of bump as we go over them. But um, the house itself is lovely. Mm. We're really really happy here. Everybody's settled in really quickly. And a real blessing. Um, for us, for the church, uh, and um, yeah, really encouraging mm. uh, to be part of that. But it has, so what else? So that was the main thing that seems to have taken up uh, a big slope. But in the middle of that, um, I jetted off to Ghana. You jetted off to Ghana three days after we moved. Yeah, so there was a point where I'd actually slept more nights in Ghana than I had in our new house. Mm-hmm. There you go. But um, quite an experience and hard to... Um, Hard to put into words, really, and I've tried to, you know, shared a bit with you, and we've talked a, a bit about it. But there is a, it is a challenge when you hear, when you kind of experience something so other, mm. and come back and try and share that with other people because it always feels different. Like you weren't there, so you don't mm. get the whole experience. But um, yeah, there was it was an amazing experience. Um, I mean, some of the points to reflect on, um, you know, just the. You know, the noise and the heat and the busyness of it, um, I think, uh, was quite a, a kind of a challenge, you know, to get around. So what do you mean by the noise? Well, I guess just general noise. There just seems to be noise everywhere. Noise when you're in the car, noise on the side of the street. So what kind of noise? Like the radio? Yeah, well, no, I know. So Osman had a like a video thing going, like a TV screen going all the time with kind of music on, Christian music on, like constantly. Okay. Um, and so just everywhere you went, there was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, sort of busyness and noise. And then you open the window and there's just like hubbub and creativity and ingenuity um, happening all around you. Okay. Um, and then so what did we do? So we went to the um, Diamond Hill School, which is the school, you know, amazingly that through the church built ultimately. We had teams who went out and 
laid the walls. The church as in New Life Baptist yeah, Church. Yeah, just okay. built the walls. <laughs> and just and put us, you know, and over the years yeah. has been added to and built on. And, uh, you know, and now is this amazing, you know, two-story building, you know, full of kids, you know, charging wow. around. Um, How many kids do they have? Well, I want to say a few hundred. Oh, really? That many? Yeah, I think so. That's that's my recollection. There seems a lot mm-hmm. of kids, a lot of classrooms. So, yeah, probably one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. And Lots is that kids. just primary or is that primary and secondary? Um, so, oh, these are technical questions. That, Sorry. You know, no. So I think it's up to... Um, teenagers yes so it okay. is it is probably up to second probably not up to high school i think there's okay. something else after that for high school um i'm sure if someone who's listening to this on the ghana team will be despairing that i don't know uh, <laughs> those things it's a lot to take in but yeah so we had so basically have a nursery probably up to young teenagers oh wow um so that was amazing just to to, to sort of witness that um and experience that uh, and then the the second part of the trip really was um, visiting a town called Oni, which is about an hour and a half bumpy car ride. Mm. Um, uh, and when you say bumpy, I think you mean more bumpy than our road outside our house. Yeah, just you can't fathom it. Like okay. you can't fathom just you're driving along. And A, that people build speed bumps outside their shops. So they'll just be just like a random speed bump that someone's built out of mud. Um, to stop you driving so fast because of the dust. The dust's just everywhere. Do people drive fast? Yeah, I think they do drive Even fast. on those bumpy roads? Yeah, it's not always... I mean, it just... So it could be like a lovely nice bit of tarmac and then, poof, just waves of bump and mud. I think there had been quite a rainy spell before we arrived, so I think the roads weren't in a great condition. I think then they'd okay. get evened out. But um, no, you appreciate just... Yeah, yeah I wouldn't drive my car there. Mm, okay. like you wouldn't drive anything you valued <laughs> just because <laughs> i mean it's just unbelievable you know um it, it's remarkable that those cars keep going yeah no um, absolutely you kind of imagine they must always be in the garage yeah i think they are um and i think they do take you know takes its toll on them after mm. a while like we had a flat tire burst out on the way back home uh just one day so yeah just things like that seem to happen okay. um, but only was an amazing just this little village um you know, we got to stay over the night uh, and witness it and be part of it. And just so you saw the hubbub of village life, you know, mm. the kids were all going down to the river to get the water, which is, wow. you know, quite, you know, just to watch and think this isn't just a, you know, they're not playing. This is them sent off, you mm. know, to and carry it back on their heads, you know, and that's the water that they get straight from the stream that they drink and that they Did you drink house. the water? Uh, no, we had bottled water. Oh, uh, I was wondering that. Yeah. I yeah, and then the chances of us picking up something are quite high when you because I know from the the number of survival programs that we watch, and um, that the mm. one thing that they say <laughs> categorically don't do is don't drink the water without boiling yeah. it because it can be full of parasites or. But yeah. they drink it. They're used to it, and they drink it. Uh, do you think they get sick, or do you think they're kind know. of Im- immune to it now? I don't know. I think they do get sick. You know, there's things like malaria, and yeah, I think people do get very sick. Um, so I don't think it's not a thing okay um, but they don't boil it do they no they didn't because we asked them we did ask them wow. you know, what to do with it and they just drink it um and yeah so there and then you're know, just being part of the hubbub uh the church um, building is there so that's what we slept in on the church floor um and then they built a bakery a few years ago just pre-covid and they'd started the bakery up again so mm. they were able to bake the bread so we had this amazing sweets 
you know, bread that they'd oh, made. Nice. Uh, and then while we were there, they were distributing it around the village. So we'd gone for a walk one evening um, and we saw there was a couple of shops in Oni and they had the bread in. They had mm. it there. They were selling it, you know, what the church had uh, distributed oh, uh, wow. and given out. So does the bakery buy the bread from the church and pay the money uh, to the so church? I, or I, think, I think it's going to work like a social enterprise. So the church run the bakery, um, pay two bakers yeah to bake it run it as a business and then any profit or any um sort of extra goes back into the community will be given out okay. so it's trying to uh, you know it's trying to resource the town um uh, but also to be a you know to raise some revenue to do some training for people but then have this kind of charitable you know giving out as well so i think that's the plan similar to what we would probably do in this country like a social enterprise yeah, okay. you know churches run coffee shops run things to you know not necessarily for profit but to you know to yeah. be a blessing um but they were giving it out for free yeah just because they baked loads of it and they were giving oh, it out that's nice. uh, and i think the following day they did you know they give it out as well um so yeah that was uh amazing uh, i'm in the church services i don't want to take up our whole podcast talking about ghana but um no but it's interesting i mean the church services you know, just loud. So I'm not. I'm not particularly. Um, when I speak, I'm not very. What's the word? Dramatic or loud? You know, I'm not sort of. That's anyway. The Ghanaian, my Ghanaian interpreter, very much was that. <laughs> so I would say something <laughs> my very, very kind of balanced, quiet Englishness, uh, and it would get shouted at <laughs> in Ghanaian <laughs> to, the, um, to everyone else. So, um, yeah, and I think. And then just culturally, just, you know, experiencing. And so one thing that I think was striking um, was that there was a very set liturgy to the service. You know, you think about a West African services being just long and ran- a bit random, yeah. you know, and unorganized. But actually, there was a real f- formula that they go through, okay. you know, just in their worship, what's said, how it's prayed. You know, it looks very free. And I think it is, yeah. you know, there's more freedom than we have and um, than we would do. But actually, it is quite a set How liturgy. How long does it go on? Because you also hear about you know African services kind of going on for hours and hours. Well, the, when we were in Oni, those two services were pretty well. They were about an hour and a half, so that okay. wasn't um, bad. We went to a. Um, I spoke at an ordination service for new pastors and people at the Bible school, and that was four hours. Oof, we left goodness. while it was still going on as well. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, four hours in a hot room, in a big gown, with a, a silly hat on. It was a crazy gown mm. and hat. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen the pictures of you yeah. in your gown and hat. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and that was, you know, so that was that was a long experience. Um, but, um, but yeah, it felt like we, and I, when, I, when we planned the trip, it was like six days, that's a long way to go to six days. But by the sixth day, I was like, oh, I've, you know, I've had enough now, I need to come home. Um, actually, it was quite exhausting, quite challenging just being there. Mm. And because you always go as a tourist, you're not there. I think even if you stayed for months and months and months, mm. within years, you're still an outsider, you're still a tourist looking in on mm. a different culture. Um, and then, yeah, there's so many things. I mean, it, I mean, one striking thing was just how much English is around, you know, so every billboard's in English. Mm. Um, you know, this sort of, most a lot of people would speak English, you know, certainly um, people educated, you know, more educated people would do. Um, but yeah, so it's quite that's 
you know, so you go to a shop and you can order in English, you mm. know, um, in a chain shop. So, but <coughs> yeah, an amazing experience uh, and um, really positive, good team to go with and yeah, a good time away. However, I did lose my AirPods. Yeah, you were really good about I was really that. annoyed about. I was I think also kind of really annoyed about that. Like how, how do you, how do you not check the, the pocket in the seat in front yeah, of you I on the know. airplane? That, that's just like 101 traveling on an airplane. Which I think is where I left before them. Before you leave, you check. All of the, all of the areas of. I mean, in seat. my defence, I was tired, and it was an overnight flight, and by then I'd, yeah, I was feeling quite tired. But yeah, you're right, and I don't like losing things. Anyway, that's not the most important thing from the trip. Um, so I know a couple of the so marriage course. We've been doing the marriage course. Yeah. On a Sunday afternoon, which has meant Sundays have been long Sundays. Yeah, they have. But I've we've been I've good. been really impressed with it. Yeah, really good. So, Nikki and Silla Lee. No, yeah. something like that. Uh, it's a Nikki it's anyway. It's definitely a Nikki and a um, They're fantastic. Um, so they do a talky bit, then it goes to a, um, the the counter goes on, um, comes up on the screen, and some nice music plays, and you have a reflection time where you do you know go through some questions in your book. Um, it's really, it's actually, it's really. Um, it's really quite chilled. Like we all we have candles on our tables, and we all um, sit around and have cake and tea and coffee. Um, and it's it's a nice time to spend together as a couple. Hmm. I think it's um, it's quite intimate. It's um, yeah. I think I think I've appreciated just impressed. that it's not a group thing. It is just a, a conversation between us, and that means it's quite yeah. nice, isn't it? It's just we're sitting there, and you're being led through something. So I think I yeah I think you think marriage course. Or you think church stuff and you think all discussion groups, everyone mm. sat around comparing is just not that at all. It is just a time just to sit and talk and uh, and listen. Yeah. Um, and there's 10 of us and, you know, I hope that everybody's finding it yeah. really positive. Um, yeah, do you think we'll pass the course? I, I don't know. know. Do, you, do you get like is a pass? A pass or fail? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It feels like you need a certificate at the end, doesn't it? At least yeah. maybe we should do those. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it did. That's been um, really positive and really good opportunity, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's meant Sundays have been long days. Yeah, certainly when you have kids' parties and other things going on around them. Um, and then uh, the other thing coming up is All Saints Eve. Um, so Halloween that's coming up in I want to say next Tuesday. Yeah, it's interesting because we call it All Saints Eve. You can also call it All Hallows Eve, all which Hallows is Eve. sounds a bit closer to halloween hallows eve mm, becoming yeah. halloween um so why do we call it all hallows eve why don't we call it halloween i don't know i think um i think there's some negative connotations with halloween yeah. that i think maybe we've kind of wanted to get away from um but also i don't mind calling it halloween because that's what people in you know in our mm. communities are calling it um so i'm kind of mixed i yeah so we've been so over the years. Um, so where so I've it has you, we've tried to to engage with this differently. I think kind of traditionally back in um, probably when we're in Brighton and in Amptill, it was lights parties. You know, it was like mm. come to church, don't go out there, come here. We'll yeah. do something fun and exciting, an and alternative, an alternative. Very much an alternative. Then I think we had just had this revelation a number of years ago now that actually Halloween. It's just everyone's out and about, mm. you know. They're in, you know, 
in our towns and villages, most people just lock themselves in their homes yeah. and are watching their telly. But on Halloween, people are out. And then as a church, we're in yeah. our own place. Um, so I think, you know, from our time in Cambridge as well as our time here, we've wanted to try and say, well, actually, how do we get out mm-hmm. in our community uh, and not be hiding away? Because, you know, I'm sure some Christians turn the lights off and just don't want to engage with it. Um, but it is this real opportunity to do yeah, something. Yeah, people are out there. They're out there in the community families are out together yeah, yeah i mean it, it's it's suddenly one of those times of the year when often families are together Fam- yeah. parents are going around trick-or-treating and I've, I've got mixed feelings about trick-or-treating i grew up you know very much you don't trick-or-treat um but again i'm seeing it now as a it's a quite a community hmm. experience people put pumpkins outside their doors if you've got a pumpkin then you're fair game and um, people will come and knock on your door and ask mm. for treats. Um, yeah, it's something that encourages people to be together rather than just sat at home watching their TV. Mm. To me, sounds like a reasonably so positive thing. last year we did a big event in Bullamore Park. Which was um, fabulous. Which was really good, um, really well-resourced, you know, a lot of work for the staff team, you know, mm. to put on. This year we're trying to encourage people to do stuff in their own communities, which is another one of these things like a kind of challenge and come up with this great idea and then we think oh well we have to do something yeah <laughs> and we're finding that a bit of a struggle like we just moved to a new area yeah. uh, we know one person on our street um there's no families nearby not that we've seen yet that we've seen yet so what do we do mm. to um so what are we going to do i think we're just gonna do like an open house thing put some flies out there yeah i don't know, I don't know. Feels like we should do something because it's an opportunity to engage, but it's not easy, is it? You know, and I think, and uh, yeah, I have get two sides. So I come up with the ideas for to encourage the church to do, and then the reality is I have to think about it ourselves. Yeah, but if we lived in our last house in Romanby, I think I would have known exactly what yeah, we would have okay. done. We'd lived there a year. We had a you know vague connection with the area. Um, there's so lots of kids around. There's lots of kids around. I think we could have done something. Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a challenge mm. to do something here. I don't know whether we do that, we do do something, or we join in with somebody else mm. who's doing something. Well, we'll see. Wait yeah, and see, we'll shall see. we? I'm sure we'll see. So, um, well, we've taken up uh, a good chunk of time talking about ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot going on. Um, and then just reflecting a little bit on the passage this Sunday. So it was um, the bit after Jesus heals the man uh, with the mat. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Jesus has his altercation um, um, with the religious leaders, really, um, about what can happen on a Sunday, on a Sabbath, and what can't, mm. uh, and what authority um, does Jesus have to do these things. Um, and I think it is quite an authority passage. Where does authority come from? And I wondered, just before we dig into the passage, how do we deal with authority um, how do you how do we think about authority? How do we deal with those in authority? You know, I think traditionally I've been quite a rules person. I'm happy to follow yeah, the rules, but get a bit older and I'm happy to break a few mm-hmm. rules. I don't know. What about yeah. you? You've been. Oh, I've always railed against. Yeah, rules. you've been a rule breaker. I am. Um, yeah, I struggle. I kind of I very much think. Well, why? Why is that rule there? Mm. Do I agree with it? Do I follow it? And that's probably been since I was a little kid, despite being, you know, typically a good girl. Um, I do struggle, struggle to mm. authority for authority's sake, I think. Probably. Yes. 
Yeah, okay, it's only rules where you can't see the reason behind them. or mm. the, And often there is a reason, you just don't, I guess we just, you don't always know, do you? Um, but we deal, with, I guess, authority, dealing with authority, you know, is, and in church life, you know, I think I've known leaders who are very authoritarian, you know, there is mm. no debates, there's just do this. Uh, and I've known leaders have been abdicating all responsibility of authority and, yeah. you know, unwilling to be the one that says, no, we need to do this. Um, so I've seen both extremes and I think I've tried to l- have a ministry that finds the middle ground between the two because mm. um, both have their, you know, both extremes have their negativities. Um, but actually both elements have to be represented in church life. You know, sometimes you need someone who's going to say, no, this is what we're doing. Let's get behind it. Other times you need someone who's willing to say, you know, mm-hmm. allow others to lead and, and move forward. So it is, but we all respond to authority in a different way, don't we? And it's interesting just, um, I don't know whether that's just because I'm not Jewish or I'm not ancient, an ancient Jew. You're um, not an ancient Jew, you're I'm definitely not, not. I'm definitely not. Um, it could be this, but it the whole pick up your mat and walk, like, really? Like, yeah. really? Is that something that you want to get head up about? Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting because they got head up about something that, to me, seems fairly ridiculous. And um, Jesus is questioning that authority. Mm. And he's not questioning all authority. He's not throwing everything up. No. Um, but he's he's really... You know, and he did engineer it. this situation. Like yeah. he went out to find this guy, you know, on the Sabbath. You know, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was staging. It was like a, you know, a pro, you know, just... An act, a disruptive act of disobedience, wasn't it? Do you think? It? You don't yeah. think this just happened? No, no. He, I mean, he talks, the passage before talks about him seeking out someone. Um, if you read the bit about before, um, you know, he goes to find the person. Uh, um, I can't know if you just read it. Because I don't think you know the guy's name. Uh, just It does just say when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Yeah, so, so he instigates it. So Jesus instigates it. It wasn't the man coming to him. Jesus goes to find him. Yeah. Yeah, so Jesus instigates it. He but we don't know. I, d- I don't think, I think you're going too far to say that um, Jesus kind of orchestrated this situation. Mm. He saw a, uh, he may have just out of pity of his heart seen the man and just took took great pity on him we don't yeah maybe i think so some of the thinking is that this is quite similar to the passage where jesus turns the tables over in the synagogue okay um that they're parallels together you know both this and that you know he causes an issue because he caused it there he was the one instigated a fight you know he's the one that instigated it and then he has this conversation with nicodemus here he kind of caught he starts something you know on a you know but whether jesus was being you know argumentative or whether john is sandwiching this together in a way that portrays jesus as argumentative yeah i think yeah Um, it's probably the latter yeah i think it possibly is the latter that he's using this story as a way of you know demonstrating it um but jesus does instigate it you know the man other instances where people come to him and ask him for healing he doesn't he sees someone and he must have walked by loads of people all the time, mm-hmm. but this is the story that John records. So was it, I'm just trying to get my head around it, was it that 
Jesus healing on a Sabbath was wrong or was it just the man picking up his mats was wrong? Um, is, is the act of healing somebody on the Sabbath also against the Sabbath? Yeah, principle? Ian Galloway talked about that. I think, I, because I think that was one. Because these these aren't black and white things. This was a debate. Yeah, you sure. Know, people were debating carrying your mat. You know, I mean that's the interesting. If the guy was carried on a mat, he wouldn't have got into trouble because he was carrying. So you're his allowed mat. to carry a disabled person. Yeah, I guess that's not work, is it? You're just helping someone. That's quite. A, it is quite a lot of work. I mean. For a legalistic society, yeah, you could also say that carrying a disabled person. Yeah, but how is that person going to get around? I guess you're not paid to do it, are you? He's not going to pay people to carry him around. The guy was mm. pretty poor, so it was his friend's family carrying yeah. him around. Um, yeah, I mean, th- it's madness. I mean, you know, and it does, you know, so you look at what's happening in Afghanistan with the Taliban, you know, and their rules for women, what they can't and can't mm. do. It's the same sort of, you know, pressure that people are put under to follow and obey these rules publicly um i mean it is just you know and it is the kind of akin to someone just picking up on i'm trying to think a situation where we've not followed rules where's well rules an issue um i'm thinking um hmm what kind of thing are you thinking of? i don't know i went to like campsites like we've two campsites and there's like specific rules in campsites about sometimes we've been and you've we've got a little camper van and you park we've parked it long ways instead of oh, straight got, ways yeah. and someone comes yeah. around and says oh no you can't do that you've got to park it the other way it's like well why does it make yeah. any sense um or you've got a cable and you've got to run it one particular just because that's their set rules and yeah. some of them are enforced and some of them aren't so you go to some campsites and they might give you a whole list of what's acceptable or not but no one ever enforces anything yeah other times you go to a campsite and there's a real Someone there campsites and rules are interesting <laughs> places. <laughs> Literally, next time we go to a campsite, we're going to record all of the crazy rules and then compare them to rules in Jewish society. Yeah. Because I think there's a correlation. <laughs> a correlation. Um, because, that, but it's about enforcement, isn't it? You mm. know, it's fine coming up with a list of rules, but are you going to enforce them? And that's where the legalistic, because they were enforcing them, mm. or they were finding people who were probably, if someone else did that. You know, did they know it was Jesus who healed? Did they know he was causing, you know, so they were following and looking at what Jesus was doing. So they probably followed the guy with the mat and said, why are you doing that? Mm. Because the, he was having so much attention put on him because he was causing trouble. This was the guy who turned the tables over in the temple. This mm-hmm. Jesus was noted, you yeah. know, and he would be on notice. Um, so they were paying attention to him, whereas someone else might have been carrying a mat and no one mm. batting an eyelid. But it's the enforcement, I guess, that becomes pernickety, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's also quite a lot about the dead in this passage, which I find interesting. Yeah, the last um, truly, truly bit. There's a lot of truly, truly. Um, uh, who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, mm-hmm. but has crossed over from death to life. Then it says, uh, very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear him will live. Yeah, that's, um, that's a real... Uh, yeah, Redemption, kind yeah. of. And I, I just, I, I felt I couldn't go into it on Sunday. And it's really difficult with a passage like that because it's, you know, I didn't really deal with that very mm. much. Apart from correlating it to the Ezekiel passage where, you know, God breathes life into death. And with Jesus, there's life. Without Jesus, there's death. You know? yeah. But it is a, you know, and there's a 
apocalyptic kind of language, isn't it? About yeah. you know that um, and resurrection time language that I don't think we fully understand. But this is a real. Um, I don't know. Actually, maybe it's not. I'm reading it as this is a real resurrection passage mm. that this is dealing with quite blatantly. We will be resurrected. Yeah. The dead will come mm. to life. That Jesus yeah. crossed over from death to life. Yeah, and and we will we will too, um, which is interesting. Mm. And that yeah. So I I did share a bit about resurrection language that wasn't hugely known you know th- yeah they didn't just nation didn't talk a lot about it and um, it was only the Ezekiel thing that kind of related a little mm. bit to it, i think you know i'm not an expert but it felt like um jesus was presenting something or challenging something you know in his own life in his own you know sort mm. of understanding um but yeah so resurrection language is interesting one isn't it um i just i don't know I think we all have our kind of um, our, our fears and doubts about resurrection. Yeah. Um, and it isn't spoken of mm. huge amount. Um, you know, there is the verses about eternal life, um, but this is this is reasonably clear mm. that you know we will we will move from death mm. to life, and um, you know as we get older, as we approach death. Um, yeah, how we how mm. we have that kind of, and that's ultimately what we think heaven is, isn't it? You know, that time of what past, what life is here. Of, you know, we come resurrected into a new life, into a new yeah. world. Um, I mean, it's really sketchy because the Bible talks very little about it. Yeah. You know, uh, and most of it is what we come up with is caricatures of one or two passages. You know, mm. there's so much unknown about what happens when. Our bodies fail us. But the one thing that Jesus does seem to assert is there is something after this yeah, life. That where there is death with Jesus, there is life. Yeah. And that's I guess that's the hope of the gospel, isn't it? That mm. you know, this life we have gifted to us here, actually in our ultimate death also there will be life afterwards. But what that mm. looks like Yeah. It's hard to fathom. Yeah. There's yeah. There's, there's very little, but also Jesus was talking about life after death pre his resurrection yeah. as well. Yeah, so there's, he, he doesn't tend to talk about it. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think he tends to talk a huge amount about what life is going to be like after no. resurrection. Um, no, and then you have, you know, you know, book of Revelation where it's very, you know, just talking in a language that, you know, in a poetic language that we're not yeah. used to these days. And um, in that with them, we have this Victorian you know, understanding of yeah. uh, heaven is this place with little cherubs and fluffy clouds and hell mm. is this place with pitchforks, pitchforks and a guy um, and a red devil with horns. So, yeah, it is a, mm. you know, it's hard to pick up because so much of it is unknown and we're grasping at a few little straws. But ultimately, we say that and that's why I think I got to with my simplistic, you know, with Jesus there is life. Yeah. And I felt that's probably as far as I could go. Yeah, sure. Um, but that's deep stuff. Yeah. It's deep stuff it to finish on. It would be interesting to have, I would, I would really appreciate having a study group on mm. this kind of thing. Um, because it would be good to mm. go into some depth, to mm. 
look at a variety of passages and then mm. maybe that's something we can think about. Maybe. Well, I think we have um, come to the end of our time together. Um, thank mm-hmm. you for listening and um, putting up with us chatting about random stuff. <laughs> it's good to be back again. Mm. God bless. Thank you Take for listening. Care. Bye. Bye.